Hey, welcome. Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business Podcast. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my long-term partner, 20-some years now. It's some because I haven't figured it out. I don't think he's up to date on his numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in daytime work, we do business coaching, and we've been doing it, as I say, for a long time. And we, we coach small businesses, defined as 1 to 25 employees, any industry, any amount of sales that that might yield. We deal directly with the owners of these businesses and we make them better, we make their company better if they stay with our our proven our, our proven system of what we call the seven keys to success. And it applies to any business if the owner is committed to really trying to get better. And that's really more the obstacle and the challenge than it is of anything else. If we have somebody who's been to all the wrong places and realizes it, and they meet us. The comment is usually, geez, why didn't I meet you guys 10 years earlier or three years earlier? It would have been so much easier to get to where I am now. <clears throat> and that's a big deal. And we have a lot of fun doing it. You know, our experiences and backgrounds uh, have given us good exposure and moved up the ladder to senior levels of uh, what it takes to have a winning business and to get the best of the best for a while. And that's what bigs are. But bigs remain big, and they don't come down to the real world who needs them more at as, as a given company than, than you'd realize. So we coach through a company called Maximum Value Partners, and we do our podcast with 30 Secrets of Small Business. And there's not too much we haven't seen. So what we like to try to do is take our real world experiences, like things, uh, situations we've coached over the last maybe two weeks and make a podcast out of it. It's endless. There's so many things that a small business owner needs to know and and uh, takes years if ever. So many of them fail. Uh, that, you know, and I, I've been in those situations. Adam has been in those situations where you hit a downdraft and and uh, you can't get out of it and you try to sleep at night and you're tossing and turning looking for solutions. That's the negative side of it. The positive side of it is that you you got through these tough times and you have succeeded. Your company's making money. You got a workforce that likes you a lot and you like them. It's a great place to work. It has a nice future and it's growing, which uh, that's another subject we can talk about someday. Or it's, it's moving along and it's a stable company that has a lot of reoccurring stuff. And that's fun. They can do things that, that basically uh, come from creative ideas of the employees and vendors and customers and whoever else you want to include in it. So anyway, one of those deep, dark moments when you're in the valley, you're thinking of things, uh, a question comes to mind, you know, how do I know? If I cut it, it's kind of, if I'm cut out personally to be an owner, how do I know if I'm I'm the right guy? Should I bail now? Should I keep up the good fight or what? And we're going to explore that a little bit. There's no many times there's no one right answer. It's dealing in the gray area, falling from shore to shore in the gray area, and basically uh, you make a decision and you move on. So what do you think, Ed? You think you know, even though you've you've bought companies now and you've uh, all you you've you've analyzed companies ad nauseum, being being in your days at uh, Wall Street and in 
Yes, in investment banking, probably one of the best playgrounds to start uh, a financial career. It, it is just uh, second to none to learn what, what it's all about from a financial standpoint, for sure. And uh, so here you are. Did you ever think when you were going through your process that uh, how do you know you're cut out to do this? <laughs> Good question, Jack. It's one, yeah. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is episode 359. So we've been doing this podcast for almost, it'll, it'll come up on seven years now. Um, and uh, this is one of those questions, yeah, that I think most people will will question it when they're thinking about starting or buying a company, perhaps. Uh, you know, it's something that I grew up with, you know, growing up with an entrepreneur. And, you know, Jack, as you know, I spent a lot of my high school, college years caddying and had other entrepreneurial jobs that I created and stuff like that. And my time at Wall Street was more my chance to kind of see if I was more of a job guy or not. Yeah, let me try this job thing out. You mentioned big corporations, and those are some of my first exposures to big corporations and how they worked. And you know, I spent most of my twenties doing that and realizing quickly that that's not where I wanted to be. You know, and and you have that question. Well, you know, hey, you know, am I cut out to be an owner? And it's it when you're in that corporate environment, Jack. They don't necessarily sprinkle on you how wonderful and great you are and how well you would do and and encourage those kind of things. They often will beat you up a little bit and whack you around a little bit and tell you, hey, you should be glad to have a job here and we take good care of you. And why would you leave the safety of having a job? And part of what I saw during my career as I would you know, as I was approaching age 30 and thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do when I grow up and realizing, you know, well, investment banking was a great, uh, great uh, first decade in my career to see stuff. I, I kind of knew I didn't want to be an investment banker when I grew up, Jack. And I was looking at folks who were 10 years older than me, 20 years older than me, and I was seeing where they were at. And when I compared where they were at versus many of our clients who were business owners, Jack, it was night and day in terms of, yeah, hey, I want to be more like that guy, not that guy, you know? And so um, I didn't quite know what that meant. And I think one of the one of the challenges, and and I saw this during school because you know I went to business school undergrad, and they had an entrepreneur class, Jack, but the entrepreneur class was geared towards if you have an idea, you've got an idea for the next great whatever, Jack. We can bring you into that entrepreneurial class, and we'll teach you about putting together basically putting together a business plan and forecasting stuff like that. But if you don't have an idea for a company we can't really help you, you know? And so I think there are a lot of folks who have an interest in owning and running a business that really never get exposed to it because they're all of a sudden at a very young age, they're kind of cast aside <clears throat> that, Hey, you don't have an idea for a new company. Whereas at the end of the day, well, you can start companies, Jack, but as we've talked a lot about on this show, one of the best ways to get into business is to buy a company, one that already exists. And far and above, that's so true. That's 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 a simple conclusion, but an absolute great one. And it, it goes across <laughs> the board. You know, for folks who are familiar with our backgrounds, you know, Jack, you know, after his corporate days, he actually bought five companies, all that were in trouble. They were they, they were deep turnarounds. You know, companies that were losing money, and people probably thought he was crazy. What's this crazy guy, you know, doing? You know, I think that was the you know, you tell the story about Cleveland Armature, the first company you bought. They're probably looking. At, Who's this guy? He doesn't know anything about armatures. He's coming in to, you know, who's this crazy guy, right? You know, what, what's this guy thinking? But you kind of knew about business, right? And so, you, you know, so you, you could see opportunities. And when you have an existing company, part of the beauty of it is you have history. You have 
customers. You have folks who, who have paid you for your product and service. You, you, you have some employees. You have some vendors and suppliers. You have things that are in place. Versus when you start from scratch, it goes from an idea phase to having to become reality. And, and you're you're quite honestly guessing. You know, Even if you're in an industry that exists already and you're not creating a new industry, you're having to guess at what you think is going to happen. You know, so, but if you look at existing companies, and so so one of the ways we help people kind of figure that out is is go through a process of looking to be able, be able to go buy a company. It's a great way to figure out if you're interested in business or not, because not everybody is. And, and Jack, I think you've told this story before. Maybe it'd be good to refresh people's minds about this. <clears throat> when you were very active, I forget if it was when you already owned your third or fourth company, but your CPA presented you with an opportunity. And it was a, a divestiture of a big company that was getting rid of one of their divisions. And they had a uh, they had a five year deal where they would keep being a customer for you for for for, for five years, and you thought it was you thought it was a great deal. They're basically giving it away, but you were too busy doing what you were doing with with, with the company that, that you just bought. But the, the CPA was reaching out to you because he had other clients who had looked at two hundred opportunities. Was it 200, 200 opportunities? <laughs> and and yet they found a reason not to do that deal too, right? Even though it's, that's right. <laughs> Even though in your mind it was a great deal, it was a great opportunity. It was like, hey, you have five year, you know, a five year guaranteed sales. From, again, it was just from a Fortune, yeah, Fortune yeah. one hundred company, and right. and uh, yeah, it was a no brainer, just uh, no brainer. So, so I think it's safe to say, Jack, that I forget, what the, you know, we don't need to give those guys names. But I think it's safe to say that that those couple of guys weren't really interested in owning a business. They were interested in talking about it. And maybe it was it was fun fun fodder for you know you know talking at the bar or, or, or at a cocktail party or something like that. But they weren't really interested in, in in being a business owner because they kept finding reasons not to not to do the deals. But uh, so yeah, so if you're in that spot where you're thinking about you know kind of doing it, or as you were mentioning Jack at the outset here, maybe you're going through a dark phase, or maybe you had some dark phases as part of your ownership over the last several years, and you're wondering, hey, am I cut out for this? Am I cut out? You know, again, here I am owning a company, but am I really cut out for this or not? So we wanted to kind of shine a light and maybe have some questions for you to ponder here a little bit today. And, and you know, one of the things that I was preparing for the show today, Jack, was at this term of a clock watcher, a clock watcher, right? So, you know, even if you're somebody who works hard, you know, but when it's, you know, if you're a hard worker, but when it's quitting time, it's quitting time. Is that you? You know, are you that guy? you know, or that gal where, Hey, you know, if you're a hard worker, but Hey, it's, it's, you know, my 40 hours is up, Jack. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done. Well, you're probably a very valuable employee. And I think most owners would love to have you as an employee, but I, I'm guessing you probably aren't going to be a good business owner because there is no clock in owning the business. It's 24 seven and it's there and it's not there in a bad way, you know, you, you had mentioned about buying a company. Yeah. And I think we've mentioned this here before, but my wife and I bought a company last summer and it's the first exposure for her to not having a job. And she started to do some work and, and she's mentioned a number of times, especially here in the last month or two, Jack, as we're, you know, six, eight months into this, she says, you know, I'm working a lot, but it's, it's not really, doesn't really feel like work. And I said, Aha, right. That's a, that's a good sign. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, again, it, it, it's, I think folks on the outside 
who aren't owners or who really are cut out to be owners, they, they think we're crazy as owners, Jack, that we, we're constantly kind of thinking about it. It's constantly on our mind. Maybe it's not at the forefront of our mind, maybe it's in the back of our mind, but it's, it's kind of always there. And so, but if you like the idea of, you know, be able to, hey, I put my 40 hours in, I'm done. I can mm-hmm. kind of cut bait and I can, I can leave all that stuff behind. Chances are probably being an owner is not quite, not quite for you um, because that's not, a luxury I, I think you you necessarily have as an owner. So you keep getting pulled back in, especially with this this economy and culture we're in today. When we're making this a podcast, it uh, yeah, it's it, you, you, a lot of people aren't cut out for being a business person. So how do you determine that beforehand? Well, I guess part- you got to get wet a little bit first, right? Well, it's part of what we're talking about. We're trying to, you know, get, get some of the some of that mental piece, right? You know, one of the things I was thinking about too, and this, you know, this hit true for me as I look back at what my experience was as well. But the, the whole idea of, you know, do you need supervision? And uh, so let me just give people insight. So as part of my time on Wall Street, um, not only did I get a chance to advise a lot of fun deals, I had a chance to live through a deal. And the the bank in New York came and bought our our small company, and uh, and. Uh, very soon thereafter, uh, we we wound up relocating back to the Cleveland area from New York because of some family issues that were kind of going on, and and I was able to work out a deal where I set up an office in Cleveland for them, and I divided my time between New York and Cleveland. So this is this is you know this is you know the early two thousands we're talking about. So technology is just kind of coming to bear with laptops and cell phones, all kind of stuff, right? And people thought they were a little bit nuts. Like, wait a minute, what do you, you know, what do you, you're paying this guy to fly back and forth every week and, you you know, and, and do all this stuff. So, you know, isn't that risky? You know, here he is, you know, half the week in an office where it's just him, you know, and how do we know he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, right? So, so this idea of, of needing supervision, right? So are you that kind of person that needs supervision? You know, one of my favorite shows is The Office, and it's always fun to watch The Office when the boss is gone. So, you know, so, so Michael Scott was the boss, you know, for, for the earlier shows. And if the boss disappeared, all of a sudden, you know, they were having these like Olympic games going on, you know, of, of di- different things, like just different stuff. You know, the whole idea, you know, when the when the cat's away, the, the mice play kind of thing. Right. So, you know, do you need some supervision to kind of, you know, kind of get some stuff done? OK, well, if you need some supervision, chances are, I- I'm guessing, Jack, ownership's probably not for you. You know, because that's, that's a good that's a good indicator. Well, because it's because well, one of the beauties of, of having your own business is that you don't have to listen to somebody you know, to other folks tell you what to do, right? So that's part of the reason why I think many of us get into it. Like, hey, I kind of know what I want to do. You know, I don't need you. To, you know, get out of my way. You know, I don't need you kind of, you know, looking over me. And that was part of what I was doing with you know my time at Bank of New York. You kind of didn't need people micromanaging me. I was getting stuff done. We have deadlines. Okay, okay. I, I got my stuff done. So, you know. Uh, I didn't need that supervision, you know, of somebody kind of making sure to keep me on the rails. I kind of knew what to do and I was, you know, I'd get it done. You know, it's just part of, part of how I was wired, you know, from that standpoint. I'm guessing one of the patron saints of entrepreneurship should be Thomas Edison, Jack. Would you say that's the case? And I would, uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. What a, what a product he made. Well, my, in my comment comes from, or, you know, as I'm saying that is, um, if you look at failure versus learning, you know, one of his famous quotes, uh, I'm going to botch it, but, you know, talks about how he, you know, when he's creating light bulb and how he learned thousands of ways that didn't work. 
<clears throat> you that people ask, well, how do you keep going? You keep failing all the time. He goes, I'm not failing. I keep learning. I keep learning what's not working. So that means I'm getting closer to what's going to work. And and that's part of the part of the beauty of small business, Jack, is we get a chance to kind of try a lot of this stuff, right? And 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 you you gain knowledge by that experience of what works and what doesn't work. And I guess the best ones start to learn from other people's mistakes too. Or there are the, you know, the, there are the learnings, but again, if you're kind of cut out to where, you know, um, you're afraid of failing or afraid of making mistakes, I don't know, Jack, that's probably not, you're probably going to be a good spot because you'll spend all your time trying to plan stuff versus actually going and doing stuff. And, you know, you know that's a normal, that's a normal process. Yeah. If you, I mean, even, even stuff that we're close to, Adam, if, uh, all of a sudden, we have to call a meeting because of negatives going on. The forecast looks very cloudy here, 30, 90 days out. And what are we going to do about it? You know, people will, I don't know, sort of ball up and and <laughs> get deeper into the spreadsheets. They'll start to do stuff that, that requires uh, uh, analysis and get into the analytical world because it's safe in there it really is safe in there and it's fun and it seems productive because you you have these great sheets and and uh, uh, computer analysis and and anyway you know the point is it's comforting and it's it's often done that way better than face the problem head on where do you get experience in doing that unless you do it Right. And boy, that's something that's tucked in the cracks if you can do it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that got maybe got got uh, settled out here the last three years since COVID started, Jack. And if you remember going back to March of 2020, one of the first things we did and did to all of our clients, we took some mass action. You know, at your point, we, we, we did a little bit of planning, but say, you know, when you don't know what's going to happen, you got to do stuff and you got to you got to start to, re- you know, maybe overreact, but you, you start to react quickly, make some changes, make some decisions. And live to fight another day, kind of thing. But you know, the whole idea is, yeah, not worried or not being held back by trying to be perfect. You know, often you don't know all the answers. You know, hey, this is a good direction. A big part of, of, of being an owner is kind of making sure you keep the direction going, right? Hey, I don't have all the answers here, Jack, but I know, I know we need to pivot and go this way, or we need we need to attack and go that way. So, it, but it's it's making that start to happen. And uh, I think maybe tied closely to this is is my next point about help. Help. That's something you avoid or embrace, all right? Good you know, question, isn't it? <clears throat> because you know one of those dirty secrets. This is called dirty secrets of small business. One of the dirty secrets, folks, is that people figure you have all the answers as a small business owner, especially the longer you go. You know, if you if you if you've owned for for a decade or more, people are like, hey, you've been through it all, Jack. You know, you you must have it all figured out. Um, in reality, you know, nobody's got all the answers, right? But part of your job is to know how to get the answers. And, you know, having resources you can kind of tap into. And that's where, you know, having, you know, good advisors, good peer groups, you know, whatever it be, you have, you have folks you can kind of tap into and, and embracing the idea of asking for help where that's not necessarily viewed as a weakness for you. Because I can come back to how is the corporate structure set up? It's often not set up to, to say, hey, I don't know something, right? That isn't, you know, that's not necessarily a reward. Like, hey, I keep having to tell this guy all this stuff. He, he doesn't know anything, you know, versus, hey, when it's your thing, I don't care about me necessarily looking good. I, I want to make sure we get to the get to the right answer. I, you know, so I'm going to ask for ask for help, right? So, so if you have trouble asking for help, it's probably going to be that's, tough. 
Yeah, that's that's a, that's a, a mark against being a business guy, owning your own company. So you got to take that that humility pill, you know, in terms of just realizing that, that you aren't going to know everything, but you know, knowing how to get those answers, and not wanting to be the expert in everything too. That's you know, that's part of the beauty is that there are folks that will be experts in other areas and and be happy to pay <laughs> them for that, because that's freeing you up from having to do some of those things, right? But uh, I guess one of the, the I'm kind of saving my, one of my bigger points for last, kind of like what people do with their doctors, right? Say that say that big thing for the end here, right? But uh, <laughs> this whole idea of I'll call it permission versus forgiveness, Jack. I think you know what I'm talking about here, right? Yeah. You know, so you the kind of you know, so the question becomes: Are you the kind of person who likes to follow all the rules? All right. Heaven knows, Jack. There's all kinds of rules out there, aren't there? All kinds of rules and laws and regulations. Always, every day, more piled <laughs> on by more people. Yeah. So, are you that person who's that, that that strict rule follower, right? Or do you understand that you know what? Not all rules are necessarily created equally, Jack. You know. Yeah, I mean, some of them are kind of hard and fast, and you know, but most are just kind of, I don't know, call them guidelines, suggestions, perhaps, Jack. That, that's the way to kind of maybe think about it. So, the, the the point about the question about asking, you know, do you like to ask for permission or forgiveness? And if you're more of the permission type person, my question would be, well, are you willing to learn to ask for forgiveness instead? And it comes back to comes back to action and doing stuff, you know, and. And, and and part of what happens is it, you get into a lot of uncomfortable situations, you know, you know, being an owner. But you have to act and, and start to kind of do some stuff. And if you're waiting to check all the boxes and the rules and what, you know, versus just starting to move ahead. And as you start to move ahead, you might upset some people. You might break a few rules, let's say. Are you okay with that? You know, because if you're not, Again, you know, to your point about going, you know, diving into spreadsheets and other stuff, you're, you're going to dive into to, to things about what's holding you back or, you know, reasons why you can't do something versus saying, hey, well, let's just kind of some nice guidelines, but hey, let's try to do it this way instead. Or, you know, that's how different things start to kind of happen. And I think we have found, Jack, there aren't too many folks that are permission asking folks that do very well as entrepreneurs. So whether they're natural that way, or they've learned over the years to become more comfortable of just asking for forgiveness if they screw stuff up. It's more like more disdaining, disdaining the, uh, the regulation world. That's, that's what, you know, you know that that's never going to be satisfactory. Well, not never, but 90% of the time. So you plunge off, you plunge off the side into your own, own attempt to do it until they catch up to you. <laughs> if they ever do. <laughs> but well, yeah you got you got to be able to to stretch it yeah you, you really do because no one's going to do it for you well it's one of the things that, and it's become apparent i'll come back to I'll, I'll pick on my wife she's not here it's easy to pick on her <clears throat> not here but uh she's more of that rules follower you know we we, we kind of joke about it you know because you know her time in in in, in big corporations and I, you know, I said yeah again well here here's how we get stuff done and you know again those are those are more guidelines or suggestions because, you know, the, the, the company that, that, that we have is a franchise. You know, so franchises have lots of rules, and but they have a lot of suggestions, too. They don't necessarily say rules, but they get they get interpreted as, as being kind of rules, right? First, wait a minute. This is my business. That should be more the, the, the question you, or the, the statement you make for yourself. Well, this, wait, this is my business, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I think is best. And part of what, you know, what you do as the owner is you bring your experience and your knowledge and, and, and your, your brain 
to what you're trying to do. And you know, so we, we, we've seen some situations a lot over the years where, and this happens a lot with family situations, Jack. So again, part of the folks that we work a lot with and, and part of who this, 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 this particular show today is geared towards, if you're in a family that has a family business, and maybe you don't work in it. Maybe you're out working somewhere else, but it's come to that point now where you know mom and dad are talking about transitioning the business and maybe kind of coming back in. Maybe you're thinking about it. And you're thinking, hey, should I should I try it? Should I be the one to raise my hand and say, hey, you know, do I leave the that perceived safety net of whatever job I have today, Jack, to kind of do something like this? And Often, you know, again, we're trying to give some some thoughts and some perspective here today that kind of help you think through it a little bit. But often, you, you don't know until you get there, Jack. Right? I mean, you know, you, that's right. So right, so often, so you, and get, you don't know how good you are until you test yourself. So you talk, you know, when people ask you to kind of share why you left, you know, you're on the on, on the fast track, you know, doing very very well at high positions, and you you left. And people always ask you why you left, right? And the, the 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 thing that stuck with me the most in terms of why, and I think I was probably in your head, you know, then too, you were very confident you could get another job if you needed to. You knew that you were very hireable, right? That was, you know, you know, you weren't necessarily worried about that, but you weren't necessarily looking for that. You weren't sure what you're looking for, but you just kind of knew where you were wasn't right. But you know, you weren't concerned about that. So I guess, you know, finding a job, you know, if you're good. I don't care what the, the economy looks like. You can, you know, there's always room for good people, Jack, right? There's so, always room for good ideas. Right? So I guess, I guess my point is that if you're, if you're kind of holding on to whatever that perceived safety that you've got of your job, well, there's other jobs that are out there. If you're, if you're thinking about this or you aren't quite sure, you're listening to us today. So, well, I don't know, it might be, okay, well, you know what? Take the jump, you know, just take, you know, jump out of the nest and kind of, kind of see. And you'll find out pretty quickly, right? So you'll probably know in the first year or two. Usually that's what we've seen. If folks kind of make them, I don't want to say call it a mistake, but they, they kind of get into it and it's like, hey, this is not for me. They usually realize pretty quickly. And there will always be somewhere else to go land. There'll be somebody else who's willing to hire you because you have, you have some good skills. But one of the, one of the good ways to, to, to try to pursue this, if you aren't ready to take that leap, maybe you, you don't have a family business waiting for you. One of the things that we've done, and we've, we've helped clients with this, we've had, we've had good success with clients that have both bought companies or decided not to buy companies. You know, we, we, we had a client where we spent almost a year worth looking at buying companies. And after that year, he said, Hey guys, this has been very helpful. And it's helped me decide that I'm not, I'm not cut. Off. That's right. And we said, okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, but it, it was something that had been in, in his mind for years, for years. And he wasn't quite sure how to, figure out because you know a big part of what you know most of us don't want to have regrets jack i think that's probably fair to say so but you know the the, the older we get the, the the harder it gets to, to kind of change or try things right but so so you know we've seen clients again like i said have success and success is again either you successfully buy a company or you say hey it's not for me that's okay too but that's one of the great ways if you go if, if you spend a year and start looking at companies go look at companies that, that are for sale and see, does it does it feel interesting to you? Do you get energized by it? Do you get spooked by it? Right. I mean, you know, that's one of the best ways we have found in our twenty years together, Jack, of trying to figure out. Hey, you think you want to own a company here? Let's go look at some companies because it takes the pressure off of having to figure out. Well, what do you want to start, Jack? 
Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an idea for things to start from. Okay, let's go look at companies. I don't care whether it be a pizza shop, a manufacturer, a service. It, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you know, go take a look at, at how many thousands of franchises are there. There's all kinds of business ideas out there. The question is, are you cut out to run them? Because if you are, it doesn't matter, right, Jack? You've had, you know, whether it be consulting stuff, an armature winder, metal bender, you know, steel production, you know, you know, soft, real estate, real estate software. stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, how many different products and services have, have there been? Well, the, the one constant there has been you. Okay. Well, because you like business, you enjoy business, you like being an owner. Okay. Well, so again, one of the things we always talk about is not falling in love with the product or service. So you've, you've never had to do that, which is good, you know, and, uh, but you, you, you can enjoy business and be able to run your own thing, but it's not for everybody it really, and, and it's okay, but it's, you know, we know it's a question a lot of people have, I, 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 I'm thinking it's probably, it's got even more prominent these last several years since, since the pandemic hit, people have kind of slowed down a little bit and started asking stuff. So, so if that's you, that's what the show is kind of geared towards today. We want to kind of put those thoughts out there in terms of how we help people figure out if they're really cut out to be an owner or not, because it's not for everybody, folks. That's right. That's right. Oh, good. Very good, Adam. But if you are a business owner, like business, you know, like owning your company, as I mentioned, this is episode 359. We've got another 358 episodes that are just like this one, where they stand the test of time. And it's good guidance and advice for ways to run and grow your small business. And you can get all those shows at our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. If you go to that website, you'll see there's an episodes tab. Click on there and you'll find a search bar. Put in whatever topic or, or, or question you've got. It'll feed back to you whatever shows we've done on that topic. If you don't find one that suits you, send us an email at radio at maximumvp.com or uh, give us a call. 330-849-0670. Be happy to answer the question for you directly or do much like we did today and create a show around it. Because again, guess what? If you got the question, somebody else probably does as well. And they're really happy that you asked it because, because they're curious to hear what the answer is as well. Happy to do that as well. If you prefer to listen to it on, on podcast, you have your favorite podcast player, whether it be Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, whatever it might be. If you just search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, You'll find our beautiful mugs there. You can kind of subscribe to the show. We usually drop a new episode every Thursday morning. We deliver right to your smart device. You can get all the prior shows there as well. So with 359 shows, Jack, you could probably put us on a loop for the week and just constantly listening and have Jack and I in your head with all kinds oh of- Oh, my God. Right? <clears throat> well, it'd be great after that. All I these highly recommend ideas. they do that. Yeah, all these wonderful <laughs> ideas come there. So how it's happening. Well, uh, it's there. So that's really awesome. <clears throat> hanging out, right? So- but we appreciate you uh, listening as, as always. And please feel free, like I said, to share and leave comments or, or, or reviews for our show. We appreciate it as well. But appreciate you listening to this week's show. We'll talk to you all next week. I know. <laughs> <laughs>